should you be taking some of your paycheck and reinvesting it back into that company? We'll find out coming up on the show next. From the streets of San Antonio, straight to your wallet, it's Jake's Two Cents on Jake of All Trades. All right, welcome back. My name is Kirk, and I'm not a financial expert. But I'm Jake, and I am the financial expert. And together, Kirk and I talk about financial planning, we look at the economy, and we review financial articles, all with the express purpose of helping our listeners build wealth, both today and into the future. And so we're going to be talking about giving all the money that your company pays you back into your company. Right? <laughs> like, so if, if you work at Amazon, you know, should you, and they pay you well, or some people say they don't pay you very well, but you know, they pay you something. Should you invest some of what you pay back into the company? Is that basically that's, the question? Yeah, that's basically the question. Cause this is becoming a more and more popular thing as you know, companies, small businesses are starting to ish, go public in the marketplace and issuing shares of stock for people to purchase as an employee. Oftentimes there's an incentive there for you to buy some of those shares of stock. And so if you think about it, if that company's paying you and then you're buying their stock, you're basically taking the wages that they're giving you and you're giving it right back to them. So does that make sense? Now there's, um, yeah, the, the, so I understand the question. Now there is a, an episode of the office that addresses this. Of course there is. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a moment where, um, Oscar, uh, you know, the character, the accountant, accountant. Uh-huh. who, <laughs> so basically Dunder Mifflin is, is crashing and burning as a publicly traded company, right? Like the stock is going down and there's a shareholder meeting and, um, Oscar wants to go to the shareholder meeting in order to ask questions of them, because even though he works for them, he also invests in them basically. Ah, and so, mm -hmm. the, but the whole thing is about, um, you know, the shareholder meeting and they're actually inviting Michael Scott to go because he's the only branch manager who's making money in that, in their system right now. And uh, so they send like a limo to him and they give him like champagne and the whole thing. And then he arrives and then he does Michael Scott Scott stuff and it's embarrassing and stupid. But anyway, it's, it's this idea, you know, like, um, Oscar, um, Oscar Nunez, wait, is that his real name? Oscar Nunez might be the actor's name. Oscar Martinez might, I don't know. I forget which one, but anyway, so the point is that like, you know, he says he wants to go because only the, the stock ticker thing is like DMI for Dunder Mifflin and you know, whatever, Inc or whatever, Inc or whatever. Mm -hmm. and he says, you know, I want to go because, you know, um, only DM, like DMI, you know what it stands for? It's like dummies, morons, and idiots, because that's what you have to be to invest in them. And as one of those idiots, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's his company. He works there. He's an accountant for them. He gets paid for them and he is invested in them. So was he a dummy, moron, and an idiot for doing it, especially now that they're tanking? <laughs> right. That's the risk. And that's the yeah. magic question. Right. And so you have to think about it in this context of because I think sometimes it's it's not uncommon for people to disconnect their employer and their work from they, like their personal investing. Right. But the problem is that those two can blend together if you're contributing to a retirement plan at AT&T and within your AT&T retirement plan, you own, I don't know, 60 percent of the. Uh, holdings in your 401k or AT&T stock, 
right? You might make a disconnect there because you're like, well, I work for AT&T, but I work in compliance or I work in something else. And so I'm not making the connection that the salary I'm receiving and then the investments that I'm selecting in my 401k yeah. are correlated from a risk perspective because my money's going back into the shares of the company and the shares of the company fluctuate in value according to the profitability of the company. So I'm sort of taking a, a gamble on both spectrums of my wealth building strategy. Okay. So I'm trying to understand the, the what you were talking about with the correlation. Are you saying because my paycheck comes from AT&T and 60% of my 401k is reinvested in AT&T it's, uh, and I've disconnected those. So the, there's a, a disconnection or there's a, um, I'm, I'm not aware that the risk is heavy if something happens to AT&T. Is that what you're saying? Right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So I think and that so, happened to my mom, by the way, cause she, um, worked for AT&T for 31 years and I think she had, a, and then, you know, I don't know if you know what happened to AT&T in like 99, but, um, you know, she was part of someone who was let go with a lot of people, there's massive downsizing and the restructuring and there's a huge hit to the portfolio. So it was a massive hit. I think in that regard, you know, that's for, a perfect example. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that. perfect example. And it's possible that she didn't realize how overexposed she was to AT&T in general. Right. Yeah. Cause that's where that, I think that disconnect comes in. So I think the question really is like, should you just avoid it entirely? If I'm relying on a company to pay me, then should I then take my dollars and give back my value to the company in the form of working, but I want to take my dollars and invest them elsewhere so that I'm not overexposed to one single entity? Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, well, but it seems like it's a question of percentages based on your overall goals, correct? True. Or how, would you, how would you go about it? Because, I mean, it, so, like, it doesn't make sense that you wouldn't do anything with them, right? Like with your own company, because then you're missing out on potential profits too. That's the other side That's of the, the other equation, side, right? Yeah. 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 But it could also translate that you get bonuses through what payroll, right? So explain yourself. So let's say <laughs> that, you know, the company like uh, does super well in a particular year. And one of the things that they do is they might do uh, they might uh, do a share buybacks or they might issue dividends to stockholders. If they do that, right, that's going to give money and and boost the share price of the particular stock. So if I'm invested in the stock, I'm going to benefit from that. But if I'm an employee, it's also not uncommon in that particular year where they're doing really well that they also incentivize the employees in the form of a bonus or maybe in the form of something called a profit sharing contribution where they put money into your 401k for you in addition to all the other stuff they're doing. And so you could, in essence, still be receiving the upside benefit of being, quote unquote, invested in the company by being employed there. It's not necessarily that you're missing out on that upside benefit just because you don't hold shares of this stock. Okay, so so you're saying that as an employee at AT&T, if there's a good year, they might put some bonuses in uh, 
employers uh, 401ks. I see uh-huh, employees, employees 401ks yeah. as a kind of bonus for, because they're a part of the reason why it did so well. Right. Exactly. So it's like, or they're, you know, the, the reason, right. So it's like, okay, here's a 5% or 2% or whatever boost that we'll add as part of our stocks going up and everybody making money and everyone's happy. And then, so it's the other side of the argument that this is one reason why you should invest a little bit more in the company because that gives them the ability to do that. Is that, is that what you're saying? Or are you just saying like, I think the opposite is what I'm saying. Like okay. you're still, like you still you have still the exposure that. to that upside potential. Okay. I understand. Without actually owning the shares of stock. Right. Okay. So like I, as AT&T, like if Jake invests in AT&T and I work there and he doesn't, I get some, I could get some upside benefit from Jake's investment mm-hmm. rather than, mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Rather okay. than ha- taking all the risk of the high high concentration of my overall financial assets into a single company. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I think I get that. So then the so but the question is I still oh, go ahead. I struggle too though with the question of like, let's think about the extraordinary times that we live in as it relates to companies in the US in particular. Like Fang. The Fang stock. Like if you yeah. work at f- like one of those companies, you would have missed out on a lot if on you worked lot. there for ten years and you didn't invest in Facebook ten years ago and you worked there. I mean, that right. seems like a huge mistake, right? Like so, not just a minor mistake. And it's like, unlikely that the know. the salary and the bonuses that occurred over that time oh, period not even were close. as beneficial, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, imagine like even being in that first like batch of one hundred or five hundred employees. Like those guys are all multimillionaires. Right. Um, Probably set for life because they, because they invested or they used invest. So that's the other question. It's like, what about this? How, how is this different than companies using stock to pay employees? Oh yeah. Right. So So that I've heard of, like I had a friend, I think I talked about on the show who worked at a major tech company, not Fang, but another major tech company that um, you know, he was thinking about leaving and they really wanted him to stay. So instead of, they gave him a little bit of a raise, but then they gave him like a lot, like massive amount. Well, I think massive amounts of stock just to stock. stick around. Yeah. And yeah. so that was, you know, so is that different or, or how do you think of that? So, um, that's, that would be, I think an example of a compensation strategy that okay. the business is doing for you. Right. The other the, the opposite of that, right? So let's take Amazon. Let's say that Amazon really wants to keep you as an employee. And so in addition to your salary and a bonus, they give you, they pay you 150 shares of Amazon stock. That's going to be a pretty nice benefit. And really from a risk perspective, my risk is limited because I didn't actually take my own dollars and purchase those. Yeah. So you categorize it differently. Right. So I just received those as compensation. And so that too, though, in that instance, I would even argue that elevates the priority of not reinvesting your own dollars into more stock if you're being compensated in the form of stock options, right? Because then we're really probably overly exposed to the individual stock of that particular company. If I'm being compensated in stock, Plus, I'm taking my earnings and I'm pouring those back into shares of the stock through my 401k. Yeah. So this is like seems like a really good reason of why a CFP is necessary. Yeah. Right. It kind of help you get the the weighting of your risk properly. Like right. A risk assessment and saying, hey, by the way, you're 
you know, you're getting compensated and you're investing your own paycheck into the same company you work for. That's not necessary. You already have thousand shares from compensate or whatever from them. You don't need to buy another thousand with your own money, put that thousand into Facebook and then you can get, you know, the benefits of that company or, right. or, or some you know, diversification, diversi- exactly whatever it is. Right. But, but that's yeah. the idea of like, and some people, you know, cause they put their head down to the grindstone and just work, work, work. Maybe they don't think about that. They just like their company. They enjoy their time. And they, they think of it as like, I'm, you know, also investing, not only am I getting paid for it, but also it's, you know, you think of it as like, you know, if I, if you like your company, for instance, you might think of it as not giving them money for the sake of giving them money, but just investing in your future, right? Cause you're right. giving them the ability, but that's not even the right way to think about an investment like this, right? Because it's not, that's a great observation too. It's not the right way to think about structuring an investment portfolio, right? Because the objective when I'm structuring my investment portfolio is for it to survive all types of market environments. And the only way it's going to do that is by being diversified. So when I'm overly concentrated in the company that's paying me, plus uh, the the all of my money that I'm saving is now going back into that company, that exposure level, while I might feel comfortable with it because I feel good about the company. Like I work for this company, I eat, breathe and, and am involved in the, what's going on with the company. I think they run really well. I have high confidence in their strategy. I think it's going to grow significantly, right? That's a bias that as an employee, you should be aware of because you're probably going to have a tendency to be like, well, I love AT&T because I've been working for them for 20 years and I've seen the stock do really well and they've continued to pay me. But that type of bias is dangerous as we you pointed out like with your mom's situation because business cycles occur and companies go through them. So it's not always going to be an amazing period of growth and profitability for companies because there has to be a normal cycle of you know rise and fall. So you don't want to find yourself over-concentrated in your employer in the form of all of my financial resources at that moment when the company's not doing great, right? Because then I am overly exposed to that decline, whatever the magnitude of it might be. Well, and then also like if you, you know, so so one, it seems like one takeaway is it's, it's not to say you shouldn't invest anything in your company. You should just, right. the, the takeaway is to understand that you are already investing in it by working there in a sense you are. Mm-hmm. That's so you're part of the investment for the future. And you're, you're, you could think of your paycheck as the investment you've done or the totally. work you're putting in and you get the paycheck. And if you think of that as part of your weighting of your, of your total portfolio of income and, and outflow and what you're capable of doing, and so a lot of this seems to be, you know, making sure that you weight it properly uh, and correct. have the right yeah. mentality about it. Mm-hmm. Because the danger is you have, if something does go wrong with your company at some point, it'll be a double whammy because, you know, laying off people will often come with a down you know, with a, with a decline, the stock, in, decline in, in share the prices. Yeah. Correct. So yeah. then, so then mm-hmm. you're hit twice with it. Right. Double when like you might lose your job 
or some places have even done pay decreases or, you know, no more bonuses or things like that for a while, mm-hmm. um, you know, in order to, or, or they maybe even, I've had, you know, smaller, like medium sized companies that maybe downgrade their medical or their health benefits a little bit. Cause that's one, one thing they could do to try to save money. So to save money. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that can happen. And then you kind of take a big hit where if you were to think of your investment dollars somewhere else, you know, the same, it would have been a little bit better or the, if it was more yeah. heavily diversified. Yeah. I mean, like think of the perfect storm scenario, which is you worked for a company for 20 years. You had a super high conviction in their ability to do well. And they had demonstrated that over that 20 year period, but 2008 financial crisis happens and they weren't prepared for it. You get laid off and subsequently you had 80% of your 401k invested in AT&T stock as, as well, right? In your, what you just st- said, which is true, if the company goes through troubles and they're laying people off, their stock price is going to reflect that because stock prices are a discounting of future expectations. So yeah. if they're making dra- drastic adjustments to their personnel, they're probably running out of money or something else is going wrong. And so in that perfect storm scenario, you get laid off. And now, in addition to being laid off, my 401k that is my only resource of savings in this example, I need something to live on. But now my 401k that was 80% invested in AT&T is down 40% in value. So not Mm. only do I no longer have a job, but my resource that I was relying on is about half the value of what it was previously. And so by diversifying away a portion of your financial profile, in this instance, the 401k, in that example, if you were being laid off, maybe your 401k was only down five or 10%. And so I have a greater amount that I could work with to get myself by if I couldn't find another job. That's an example Mm -hmm. of how being diversified can play out in a better way for you than not being diversified. And the, the downside is just that, that potential upside, right? That you found the Amazon that you're working for the next PayPal and by investing in them a hundred percent, it grew your wealth astronomically. Those are anomalies. So we have to keep that in mind and be a little more conscientious and practical about viewing our income stream as an investment in a company. And that's in a form of dividends that are coming back to you just like it is when you're buying the stock. So don't buy all of it with all of my dollars. So maybe one way to think about it though, is like, if you are at one of those fang companies, for instance, or a company like that, you could, instead of investing the, the income you get from your paycheck back in the company, you could ask for stock in lieu of certain increases. Right. And that's one way to keep investing in the company, but you're actually asking, Hey, instead of giving me my 5% increase this year, why don't we, um, you know, do some stock options, some, some stock or, options to go with it. And we'll do that yeah. instead. Right. And so yeah. that way it's kind of like, you're still keeping your income. You can siphon that into other, you know, into other investments and, and smart diversification. And you're still kind of getting some of the benefit without overexposing um, yourself as much. Right. Because you're not taking great post-tax tool. dollars yeah. as well. Like, well, I guess the tax stuff is a little different, but you're, you're taking, you know, your paycheck and then buying stocks in the company you work at. You're, now you're, excuse me, now you are just, you know, doing it instead of a pay raise uh, mm-hmm. and you're getting all the benefits. And then if you, you know, something happens, you, you know, 
it's not good, but you basically that 5% you would have gotten, hopefully you went somewhere else in another fund, right? Right. Yeah. And that's a, and that strategy that you just said is a great, it's a great way to buy in, in company stock as well, or acquire company stock through your employer rather than like investing in within the 401k, because typically mm. when you're compensated through your employer in the form of stock, it's, it's, it's given to you in a favorable way, right? So it's either given to you directly or it's, you're given the option to buy it at six significantly discounted prices to what you could buy, buy it in your 401k. Hmm. And so being compensated in stock or options is a really great way to boost that portion of your portfolio with the high concentration of stock, but without actually taking a lot of the risk with your other dollars that are sitting in other assets. Interesting. And yeah. I wonder if there's like a, um, you know, in terms of like people investing in their, their own company too much, like how much of a problem this is for our generation. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I wonder if it's, as big a problem because a lot of it seems to me to be an old school mindset of, you know, these, you know, like the fifties and sixties type idea or forties and fifties or whatever of like, I work at a company, you know, I'm loyal to that company. They're loyal to me. You know, I get the gold watch after 30 years and we're good to go. Right. Which right. is like an old, which that mentality is kind of dead. I think to some degree, right? Like we don't, and we shouldn't think of our, of, businesses in that way anymore. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. know, I think we ever should have, but we definitely shouldn't do that now because, you know, even Fang, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, Google. Um, even they can, you know, go away. I mean, th those companies all are, I mean, except for Apple, they're all like, you know, 30 years old at the most, you know, Google mm -hmm. is like 98 or something app or Facebook's like 2004 yeah. Netflix is like 99, 98 or something like that. So it's like, these are all young companies that, that tells you something like they displaced other old companies and that can happen to them right. as well. That can so happen you, again. You just yeah. like, you know, that, so just having that mentality that even if your company is the great, greatest company ever, you know, it doesn't mean it's always going to be around. People thought the same thing of IBM and AT&T. People thought that it would never go away. There's people mm -hmm. never imagined AT&T could be disrupted in any way. And so it's a yeah. good reminder to like be wary of that kind of old school mentality of my business will take care of me. Um, mm -hmm. They'll give me the gold watch. I'll be set for life on um, what's it called after retirement? The money. Pension. Pension. The pension. Yeah, yeah. Those don't even exist anymore. Really. Yeah, Very the, rarely do you see that kind of thing anymore. And so that's a good point too, is like the, 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 um, the idea that your employer is, the end all be all for wealth for life is not the mentality that you should really have. And there are numerous examples, right? Kodak. Remember Kodak? Oh, yeah. That company was <laughs> paying its employees pensions. It was around for like 60 years and yeah. they didn't get on, you know, they didn't keep up with the transformation in, uh, photography, digital photography. And so they lot, they're gone. Right. And that was a huge company, a publicly traded company. And, yeah, and that happens all the time. Yeah, it happens yeah. all the time. So don't fool yourself into thinking that it can't happen just because you work for, you know, one of the largest companies in the world. Yeah. So I, I think that's a good lesson is like, instead of relying on others, rely on yourself. Bingo. Love it. We'll end with that. I like it.
All right, guys. Well, that wraps up this episode of Jake of All Trades. Be sure to check us out on social media by searching for at Jake's Two Cents and check out the blog at jakestwocents.com. Take care. We'll see you next time. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network. Member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. Actual performance and results will vary. These interviews do not constitute a recommendation as to the suitability of any investment for any person or persons having circumstances similar to those portrayed. Consult a financial advisor regarding your specific circumstances.